Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Wow, You Lose, a podcast about video games, anime, and whatever the hell else I can talk about. I am your host, Zether, and today's episode, I guess, will be about some cool games that I played last year at Free Play Florida 2017. I volunteered at the event, and it was really fun. Got to meet some really cool people while I was scorekeeping at the pinball tournament. But there was some pretty cool games that I discovered there. Um, one of them was actually, I saw it there on the first day, was introduced to it by a friend of mine. It's uh, Star Trigon from Namco. This game came out in 2002 in the arcades and actually has a port on PC and on iPad, I believe. It's a really interesting game because it only uses one button. And what you have basically is your character um, is running around this planet in space and your goal is to capture these aliens. And you capture the aliens by getting them inside of trigons or triangles, which you make by connecting the planets with lines. And what happens is your guy runs around the planet and when you press the button, he rockets off in the, in the direction that he was last in onto another planet and creates a line between it. So you want to connect the planets with three lines to make a triangle. It's a very interesting idea for a game and it makes for some very interesting level designs. They actually make some that are in like the shape of like dice pips or whatever. And you have this like really interesting simple game that's absolutely fun to play. I have to check out the port of it at some point. The game's actually a spin-off of um Dig Dug and Mr. Driller. It's part of that franchise because Namco loves to connect their series together. I don't know if you've ever heard of the UGSF timeline, but that's pretty much what it is. Uh, so yeah, that that game uh, is really cool. There's actually different characters you can pick from, and you also have an air supply that's constantly running out, so you have to keep your eye on that. And you get air back by capturing aliens, so you want to be... You can't, you can't dawdle around. You've got to be able to time it right with the button press. So that was a really cool game that I played at Free Play Florida. Another cool game that I played was um, from Bally Midway, and it's called Satan's Hollow. And I will tell you all about that in the next segment. All right, and welcome back. Uh, so, next game that I'm going to be talking about is Satan's Hollow from Bally Midway. This game came out in about... 1981, I think. I'm going to have to double-check the date on this, uh, but it's a really interesting clone of, I guess, Galaga, Galaxian, Space Invaders, that kind of thing, where you've got like a moving base on the bottom of the screen and you're shooting stuff. In this case, the game has a really awesome satanic theme, which I'm sure must have been really great for those fundamentalist Christian groups back in the day. Um... It's this game where you are this laser-based thing, and you're killing Satan. The first thing you have to do, though, is kill Satan's minions. You've got these little dragon guys that fly around, and every time you destroy a few of them, they drop a component for a bridge. And you take that piece of the bridge over to this lake of fire to cut to cross the lake of fire and then eventually once you have enough pieces of the bridge you can go over and finally kill satan and the thing the thing with the game is that you want to be able to kill as many waves of minions as possible so that way 
they put a little flag up on a castle on top of a hill. And when you kill Satan, you get points for every flag on that castle. And at one point, eventually, there there are white flags, and then they pile up and eventually become a red flag. And the red flags are worth more points. So you want to get a lot of red and white flags on that castle, and then eventually go over, build the bridge, and kill Satan. So... I think there's a there's a really good potential for high scoring in those in the, that game. Uh, also, some of the little dragon guys can swoop down and take a life from you. They can take your little extra ships. It's kind of like in Galaga, except when you shoot the dragon down that's taking your ship, you don't get extra firepower. You do get extra firepower, however, by killing Satan. So you wanna you wanna keep building that bridge and you wanna keep getting over there and killing Satan. I didn't know how to do the bridge building when I was. At Free Play Florida, I just played the game because it looked really cool. The cabinet art is really neat. The, um, the just the whole idea of the game is very interesting, and it also has um, a neat little rendition of Ride of the Valkyries that plays when you start the game. You know, like do 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 do. It plays that. It's it's actually one of my. It's now one of my favorite nineteen um, eighties arcade games. I think it's one of my favorite early arcade games now. It's. Completely fantastic. You can play it on the Internet Archive, even, in their little arcade-emulated section. So, Satan's Hollow from Bally Midway. Definitely check that out. Very cool game. Uh, I'm going to have to look up what date that game came out on. Maybe I should go on... You're going you're gonna to witness me going live onto Wikipedia here to find out about this game. Um, Satan's Hollow... Uh, let's see. Yep, 1981. I was correct. So there you go. Live podcast lookup of the date there. But yeah, it's fantastic game. One of my favorite old 80s arcade games. And when we come back, I'll talk more about some cool games that I played there and some interesting pinball machines that I've played recently. Okay, and we are back. So I'm going to talk a few more about some game a few more that's an interesting thing that i just said um a few more games that i played there that i can remember um they had a prototype game or it wasn't even a prototype i don't think it got a very big release it must have been a prototype of a magic the gathering themed arcade game and this game this game is actually dumped for mame but you can't play it currently it's a really interesting game, though. It uses a trackball, and I guess you're supposed to, like, move your character and cast spells and release monsters. It's kind of like... It kind of doesn't have, like, the gameplay of the Magic the Gathering card game, but it does have the whole summoning monsters aspect from the card game, so you kind of have something carried over from it. I didn't play much of it, and I couldn't really figure out exactly how it was played, but it was really interesting seeing such a rare game on display. Something that was like, you know, out of the ordinary, something that you don't usually see every day. And based on Magic the Gathering, that's pretty cool. I'm not big on Magic the Gathering, but I do occasionally partake in the card game. It's it's fun. I suck at it. I'm sure one of these days I'll apply myself and get better. Uh, I'm, I'm actually interested in Duel Masters, too, which is... All sort of a kid's version of Magic the Gathering, I guess, or a spin-off of it that was produced for Japan. You might have heard of Duel Masters at some point, but anyway, um, Magic the Gathering, very interesting prototype of an arcade game that never re- reached a wide release. Another interesting rare game that I played there was Azterak, which was 
somebody there had acquired it from the create the guy who created it, Tim Stryker, actually owned this particular Azterac, and he had passed away. And the arcade cabinet found its way into the hands of this one collector, and somebody was going to pick it up and convert it into a MAME cabinet, but somebody else swooped in and took it before it could be gutted out and restored the game to its former glory. It's a very interesting vector graphics arcade game that has a circular monitor. And what you do is you're supposed to protect these little bases from enemies destroying them. And you have this like little ship with a gun turret on it that's controlled independently with a little knob. And you move around with a joystick and fire at enemies. It's very difficult uh, to try to aim the cannon and move around. But it's it's a surprisingly enjoyable... It's very enjoyable to play, but very difficult to master, I think. It's very... The, the, the whole, like, knob controlling the turret independently, I couldn't get used to it. But it was very... It, it, it was an interesting example of, again, another rare game that you don't see every day. Just fantastic. I've I've never seen something like that. I've seen color vector graphic games before, but this this game was a very interesting little piece of history. There's not a lot of them out there. So yeah, that was that was definitely the uh, highlight, I think, one of the highlights of the show. I was actually looking for it because um, they had mentioned that it was going to be there, and I, I walked around and eventually I found out that they hadn't brought it in yet, and then the one day they brought it out, I went over and played it. It was it was quite quite a great experience getting to play that game. Um, there's not much else like I can remember. There was so much stuff happening there. There were so many amazing arcade and pinball games that I played. Um, oh, I played Bad Cats from Williams, which is a really cool pinball machine. It actually has a shot that you can make on your last ball that starts a roulette wheel, and you can get like extra balls or something like that. I can't remember the full the full like features of that machine, but it was one of those like old Williams system 11 era games that has some really nifty little features. So that's a, that's an interesting pinball machine. I would like to play that more. Um, there, there was a lot of pinball there. Like I said, I was doing scorekeeping for the tournament, got to see Roger Sharp, the man who saved pinball in person, which was a hell of an experience. His sons, Jack, Zach and Josh Sharp were there too. And uh, it was quite hectic at some points doing scorekeeping because you have to like constantly watch for players to raise their hands when they're done with the game and that kind of thing. And we had machines that had to be maintained. Um, Fishtails was there, Fishtails from Williams, and that was breaking down constantly. And then there was a Meteor from Stern, which is one of my other favorite pinball machines. Meteor is pretty great. I love ripping that spinner for all those points. But the, the meteor there was having problems. And they also had an interesting scoring bug pop up, which is actually a very somewhat uncommon feature of the meteor. It, it On occasion, if you drain your ball, it will just suddenly make your score multiplier like 256x or something and it takes forever to count it down it's a very weird software bug that they didn't correct and i've never seen it happen before but it happened at free play florida i think twice 
And that was quite interesting to see happen that just kept counting down, going boo doo 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 over and over and over again. Uh, it's it's what it's still one of my favorite machines in spite of that bug. It's it's a really fun old solid state pinball machine. I, I love those old solid state pinball machines where there's a, there's not like a whole bunch of modes or whatever. It's just shoot this, shoot that, you know, hit those drop targets. It, they're they're very good at helping you practice pinball in some ways because there's not so much going on like a newer stern or whatever. So yeah, that was that was pretty that was pretty cool. The pinball tournament stuff. Um, and I, I also played the new game Total Nuclear Annihilation, which is very much like a, an 80s solid state pin. It's very old school style. No ramps, just flat play field and a few targets to shoot. Very cool game. If you ever see one of those on location, definitely play it. Uh, and I can't really think of more to discuss, but we'll take a break and I'll come back and talk about some anime, I guess, or some cool stuff that I've seen recently. And we're back. So this next segment will be about me talking about anime that I've seen, or rather, an anime that I am currently very obsessed with. If you know what I've been talking about recently on social media, then you probably already know what this is. The anime that I'm referring to, of course, is Space Battleship Yamato 2199, or Star Blazers 2199. It's known by that name as well. It's a remake of the first Space Battleship Yamato anime from 1974. It originally came out in 2013, I believe, 2012, 2013, and it was originally a series of movies that they split up into TV episodes. It was The movies were essentially just several episodes of the show combined into chapters. So this anime has not been licensed here for a while. It actually had a sort of license from Voyager Entertainment, the Japanese distributor. They released the Japanese Blu-rays here, Blu-rays and DVDs, I think, with English subtitles up to Volume 5, and then they stopped. And for uh, quite a few years, there was no real feedback from them about the show. There was kind of a radio silence. But eventually, last year in November... Funimation announced that they had licensed the show and would be dubbing it, and Crunchyroll, of course, would be simulcasting the subtitles. Well, it wasn't really a simulcast because the show was relatively old at this point, but it's, it's finally legally available in the U.S., and you can watch it on Crunchyroll and Funimation. If you want to watch the dub, you watch it on Funimation, watch the sub on Crunchyroll. It's absolutely fantastic. I I was hooked from it. I was hooked onto this show from the first episode because I knew I was going to really like it. And when it f- first got announced, I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. And I was right. It's a fantastic remake of a classic sci-fi anime. For those of you who don't know the plot of the series, basically these aliens are attacking Earth with radioactive planet bombs, and the Earth is going to become uninhabitable in a year. 
But what happens is a mysterious craft crash lands on Mars, and inside of it is a capsule with this beautiful dead woman inside. Sorry, that's a weird description. And a plan for a special spaceship engine called the wave motion engine. And the plan also contains a message from this woman from a distant planet called Iskandar. And the planet is a sister planet or a sort of good version of this evil planet that the aliens attacking Earth are from. And this woman, whose name is Starsha, tells Earth that she has a device that can reverse the climate of Earth and the horrible, ruined surface of Earth before the civilization is completely wiped out. But in order to reach her, they have to travel 100,000 light years away, over over 100,000 light years away to reach Iskandar using this wave motion engine. So what happens is Earth puts the wave motion engine into a battleship but not just any battleship, it's a remake of the World War II Japanese battleship Yamato. And they refit it for space. This is a really, it's a really interesting idea and a very funny looking design when you look at it. Because it's essentially a World War II battleship with a bunch of little sci-fi gizmos all over it. And a big jet engine, like a big futuristic space engine mounted on the back. So they take off and they go fight the aliens and it's an absolutely wonderful series. The music is amazing. The uh, story is actually very gripping. There's a lot of tense moments in every episode and I cannot recommend it any further. You can watch it now. It's up to episode 16, I believe. Um, episode 6, I think, is when the series fully like just blows you away and it will never stop blowing you away from then on. But I, I seriously would highly recommend this show to anybody who's interested in sci-fi anime. If you like Battlestar Galactica, this show is pretty much in the same vein. In fact, Yamato is almost like the foundation for some modern sci-fi. The original 1970s anime was an, in, was an inspiration to many, many people. Um, Hideaki Anno, who worked on Evangelion, was very heavily inspired by the show, and he even worked on the opening for this new Yamato series, 2199. There's also a sequel out in Japan now called 2202, and that is a remake of the second season of the show, and hopefully that will be licensed as well. So that is Space Battleship Yamato 2199, Star Blazers 2199. If you grew up watching Star Blazers, you'll love this show. Uh, the names are obviously different in this in this because it's based on the Japanese version and not the English version with the names like Derek Wildstar and whatever. But it is still very fun seeing the show in its uncut, un unedited form, I guess, as a remake. So definitely watch it. I would highly recommend it. I give it 10 stars. I don't know. Five stars. It depends on what whatever rating scale. It's, it's a high mark series. Very high marks. Another anime that I'm possibly interested in is Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which has a brand new series coming out in the spring season for anime. It looks quite interesting, but it's a very big ordeal to watch. It's actually split up into multiple OVAs that are, I guess, almost an hour in length. 
it sounds like a really interesting series, but it also seems like quite a beast to take on because there's over a hundred episodes or so of it and a bunch of movies and such. But it does really seem like an interesting show. Uh, Sentai Filmworks has a license to the classic series, and the um, the new series, I guess, is a remake or something. It's going to be 12 episodes. Not sure if they're going to cover the entire thing. But it, se- it seems like quite an interesting show. I might also check out the novels for it, which are licensed by Haika Soru. I actually have a couple of their books that they're the translations of the Yukikaze novels, the first two of them. And they... They seem like a really good company, despite the fact that they haven't published the third of the Yukikaze novels. Uh, they, it definitely seems like a show that's worth checking out, so I'll probably catch a couple episodes at some point or something. I don't know. And that is the first episode of Wow, You Lose. I don't know if this turned out really good. I've been recording this on the Anchor podcast app. And I only just realized now that you can break up the audio into segments so I can get my bearings and not say uh a lot because I was saying it a lot earlier. And that is a bad thing to do in podcasting, I guess, because it feels like because it's supposed to be like public speaking, right? I'm not sure. But I'm glad you could join me for rambling and about all these different things. And yeah. That's it. See you guys on the next episode whenever I get around to making it.